chapter 7, if your Bible want to come down here. Matthew chapter 7. We are working on becoming better together, right? We're working on becoming better together. And so, what we are doing is we are trying to make sure that we get all the prep work done so that we can be efficient as a church, efficient as a body. There are great times in store for Randall Baptist Temple. We are just getting started. God's getting ready to do some really great things. Um, and we're going to see him really work. But along with the grass that grows, Brother Jonathan, you've had some issues with this this week. What also grows, Brother Jonathan? Weeds. The weeds do. The weeds do. In every batch of lambs, there's sometimes going to be a wolf from time to time that slips in there. And what we want to do today, uh, in just a short time that we have together, is we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about those wolves, how to make sure that you don't become one, how to recognize one, and how to learn when to steer clear. Just because you see one doesn't mean that you have to necessarily do anything. You just have to make sure that you are not the one involved. You're not the one taking part in these things. and You're not the one that's causing discord among the brethren. And you're not the one that's causing issues and, and, and these different types of problems. You want to make sure that you're going to be um, a, a part of the, of the group that's doing right. It's doing right and bringing God and bringing God glory, and so we're going to talk about some different things like that. Uh, when I was in Jamaica, when I was in Jamaica, it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to see some mongoose with the mango, right, Miss Cecile? Yes, sir. It's not uncommon to see the different animals getting involved and uh, and tearing stuff up. And so, in this message that I've entitled "Checking for Teeth," we're going to talk about how to spot the wolves among the sheep and what the best defense is against them. Um, so that we can grow and be careful about these things. Because listen, all it really takes is for one person to get in there and get busy with another person to destroy your whole church. That's right. That's all it takes. All it takes is a couple people just not doing what they're supposed to do that will cause a lot of damage. They want to make sure that that's not you, that God, that the devil is not using you um, to allow evil to happen here. Alright? And so let's pray really quickly and then we'll get in. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son. We pray that you meet with us here. Um, we should prepare ourselves to be um, lambs that are um, that bring honor and glorify, glor glorification to you guys. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, so let's look at let's look at a few verses and then we're gonna go back through it and then talk about some of these things. Okay? So Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount um, that, Jesus, that Jesus brought. He talks about some things in, the, in five short verses, and we will see how that applies to us today. Verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, and neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not good forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Alright, and so Jesus is already admonishing the people, letting them know about false prophets. There are false prophets that walk among you. And these are some of the characteristics um, of them. And we're going to see how that kind of applies to us today. So if you're a note-taking person, you, how do you recognize the wolves? Number one, by the fact that they are counterfeit. 
by the fact that they are counterfeit. Look at verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. We have to be careful about these, uh, about the wolves, because they look like sheep, but they actually are not. You would be shocked to find out that in a place where God is supposed to be the main focus, in a place where God is supposed to be the, the, the entity that runs the place, that sometimes the devil will slip in and use people who are supposed to be God's people to do the devil's work. You'll be shocked to find out that sometimes there will be people that, that come in and people that try to get with you, and those are the ones that are going to gripe, and those are the ones that are going to complain, and those are the ones that are, that are going to gossip, and those are going to be the ones that, that in the shadows are causing the issues, and the problem is they look just like you. And so that's why you need something called spiritual discernment. You need spiritual discernment to learn when something is not going, when something is not of God. When a situation, listen, if some things don't grieve you, then there's a problem. We got to get to a place sometimes where we'll say, well, you know what, we can't, we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be talking about that or that person. Or we shouldn't be carrying ourselves in this way because you'll find out that and not only in churches like ours and not only in our, char uh, in our church, but people call splits. People call splits. You have to be careful because it'll be the wolves that come in and sometimes you got to get in and just pray the wolves out. Sometimes you got to get in and pray the wolves out. Sometimes you have to pray the Lord will show you who those things are, who those people are, what those things are in your lives that will try and pull you away from a place that glorifies and honors God. They look like sheep, but they actually are not. They're extremely hungry and actually ready to devour. Not everyone that shouts amen in these pews are going to be of God. That's right. Not everyone that comes in and sits in the pew is going to be someone that has our church or the body of Christ as a whole have their best interest at heart. Now this isn't meant to make you a skeptic. This isn't meant so that you get in, this is meant so that you will not get involved with the wrong people. With the wrong people that sit in the corner of the church. Those are the ones that just kind of, you know, they hang out and they and they, and they kind of keep to themselves, but at the same time, aside from being exclusive, they're the same uh, group of people that sometimes can be the ones causing the rips. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. It's not meant to, to you know, to point fingers at someone or try to be, you know, get to a place where you're skeptical of all your church family. I'm just trying to say that if you see something that walks like a wolf and talks like a wolf, it's not a lamb. Yeah. And you got to be careful. You got to be careful. This is something that's not meant to make you a skeptic, but they just they distort reality. They go against God. And they constantly challenge His word, and they do far more harm than good. I'm not saying that tradition shouldn't be checked. I'm not saying this, but people who just sow discord just, be, just because and they're causing trouble in the house of God more than bring us to a place of unity. My admonition to you is to make sure that you are not a counterfeit Christian. Make sure that you are not a counterfeit Christian. What does the Bible say for us to make sure that we don't sow discord? To make sure that we are not the ones, we're not trying to sow discord in our land at Orlando Baptist Temple. What we're trying to do is, is to be better together. And so as we do that, you just have to be careful, especially as God begins to bring us new people. Especially as God begins us, begins, because look, not everybody who comes is going to stay, and not everyone who comes is going to be right for this church. And you have to be careful about that, because it'll try and get in here and cause a whole lot of problems. And I'll tell you this, the best way to spot a fake, a fake Christian is, guess what? 
know what the real thing is. Right. Know what the real thing is. Yeah. We, we, we have to make sure that we are in a, in a place where we're trying so hard to be like Christ. And if something or someone is trying not to be like Christ, you know that you're not on the same path. And you're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Because I can't allow you to pull me back. Yeah. You have to be able to say, listen to me. Peer pressure and things like that don't just exist as kids. Right. They don't exist as kids. They exist in the workplace. They exist on all levels. And you have to make sure that you are not getting yourself involved with people who don't actually have your best interest, the church's best interest, the mission's best interest in mind. The, best, the first way that you find out about wolves and how to watch out for them is that they are counterfeit. Look at verse 16. It says, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Number one, you'll know them by the fact that they're count by the fact that they are counterfeit. The second one that you know need to know is that you will know them by their countenance. You will know them by their countenance. You'll learn them by their fruits. What does the Bible say? By their fruits ye shall know them. You shall know them. We talk about that phrase gets used a lot, a lot. You're just being judgmental. You're just being judgmental. You're just being judgmental. Well, if what you give me is what I'm judging, is what I am, you know, marking you down by. I am just reciprocating to you what you have already given to me. That's right. I hope that when you look at me, you see someone who is trying to honor God and trying to glorify God and who is trying to be spiritually consistent. Because if you look at me and say, eh, I'm not really sure if that's exactly how Xavier is, then there's a problem. Because we're supposed to be trying our best to, to grow and to live like Christ. And what it says is that you'll know them by their fruits. You'll know them by their track record. You'll know them by the way that they carry themselves. Look, it takes 10 years to build a testimony and only 10 seconds to tear it down. That's right. You have to be so, so, so careful. Because the way that you are marked will be the way that you stay marked for a very long time. It is very hard for someone to cross out a negative connotation about you in their minds. It's hard. It's hard. Sometimes we may even be, sometimes we may even say, man, no one notices all the things that I do that's good. But they notice all the things that I do that are not good. Well, that's true. And that may happen to us sometimes. But you have to realize that the more that you allow yourself to get in, get involved with the stuff that are the bad fruit, and that's what you begin to be known by, the harder it's going to be for you to shake that, for you to shake that image, for you to be able to be able to be utilized and, and to be able to grow if this is what people perceive you as. A good example is the Apostle Paul. He met with Christ and got changed, and when they brought him into that city and say, hey, he's one of us now, what happened? The people were skeptical. They're like, oh my gosh, you brought Saul here? What's wrong with you? And he said, no, 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 he's been changed. He's come to know Christ. And it, took, it, it wasn't Paul's words in itself. It took the words of someone else to vouch for him to say, whoa, 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 why? Because he had a <laughs> reputation. He was infamous for being the Christian killer. My question to you tonight is, what does your reputation say about you? What does your reputation say about you? Because by your fruits, people will know you. So what are people thinking when they think about you? Well, I don't care about what people think. And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, you shouldn't. But you should care about your testimony. 
Because the way that people view you now is if you're a Christian, the way people view you now is not important. Because if people view you as not being a good person or not being good fruit, then that's going to negatively affect you in your, in your ability to be able to show Christ to the world. I had, someone, I had some teens that used to be in the youth department, and I would always tell them, your testimony is important. Your testimony is important. You can't just live however. Your testimony is important. And I remember one of the teens came to me one time, a, a long time ago, and, and this teen came to me and said, man, I'm trying to uh, witness to my, friend, but they're not, my friends, but they're not taking me seriously. And I said, and I said why do you think that is? And she said, it's probably because I haven't been consistent. And if I'm getting involved in all the things that they're doing, when it comes time for you to be able to, now you're like, oh man, I really need to probably take you know, account for their souls. Now you're not down accountable because you being the person that was placing their lives that was supposed to be there as a mechanism to draw them closer to Christ are the very same mechanism that pushed them away. You gotta be careful. I tell the teens all the time, you have to be so careful about, your, about the way that you carry yourselves because there are people that knew I was a Christian in high school that came back later that I was able to lead to the Lord. And are now and are now Christians and are now trying to grow. And that's because you gotta just work on that testimony. And there are gonna be times when you have to take hard stands. I'm glad I had good godly friends growing up in, 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 um, in, in high school that helped me to stay on the, on the straight and narrow and, and, and try my best to do right. But because of those people helped me trying to grow, when time came later, and I was 20, 21, 22, 23, and people that came from my past, check this out. There are people that just last week when they found out that I you know, became the pastor of this church, people who, who from my past are, have contacted me and said, hey, I'd love to come to your church sometime. Now, if I had had the opposite kind of testimony, that would have never happened. That would have never happened. I don't know if they'll come or not, but they would have never even considered it. <clears throat> and we have to make sure that we are being good examples all the time. Because by your fruit, you shall know them. Every person here is a conduit. It'll just be up to you to see what kind of conduit you are going to be. To see what kind of conduit you are going to be. What do we find out here in this passage? Good trees produce good fruit. Someone raise your hand and tell me, what is something that, what is something that lets you know that a fruit is good? Someone raise your hand and tell me. What, Ms. Cassidy? It's sweet. Okay, it's, okay, it's sweet, all right? So if a fruit's supposed to be sweet and it's not, there's a problem. All right, what else you got? Healthy. What's that? Healthy. It's healthy. It's healthy. One, one of the things is that good trees producing good fruit shows that it's a healthy tree. So it's a healthy tree. If I have an orange tree in my backyard, and ain't no oranges on it. That's probably not a good tree. That's probably not a good tree. So it shows health. Hey, what about this? It shows life. Yes. It shows life. Good trees show life. It shows that, yes, that tree is healthy, but it's showing that it has the capacity to continue to bring forth the fruit that is going to be sweet, yeah. that we're going to be able to enjoy. It shows that it, that it, has, that it has life. It shows that it has fervor. It shows that it has fervor, that it has the ability to, to produce an abundance. It also shows that it has direction. That it has direction. As long as this tree stays healthy, it will continue to produce me good fruit. What do we find out here in the passage? Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. What kind of tree are you? 
Because look at the second part of that. Bad trees don't produce anything. Bad trees don't produce anything. You remember in the Bible when Jesus was walking past that fig tree? And there were no figs on it. And what did Jesus do to that tree? He cursed it. Right? And withered away. Right? Bad trees, let's check this out. Bringing forth, bringing forth evil fruit is just a tree that is on its way to being hewn down. Because if, if good trees produce good fruit and it shows life, bad trees that don't produce anything shows death. It shows death. There are people in churches all across the world that are walking grim reapers. And they are in there, and if God does not get out, get them out of that church quick, they're going to ruin that place. We've had some here. The history of Orlando Baptist Temple, we've had some. Where there have been some bad fruit. And God had to work and, 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 and what do you call it, purify some trees. Yeah. And that won't be the last one he has to. Because if God's getting ready to do what I think he's getting ready to do with this place, we're going to have a lot of trees in here. And sad to say that not every one of those trees are going to be good. And we have to make sure that we watch that because it shows death. It shows decay. It shows decay. You have to be careful because a lot of churches have characteristics in them that show us that these are not going to be good things. It shows ruin. It shows ruin. We have to be careful about that because it shows that it has the, it has the ability to tear things down, to cause destruction. Did you know that one bad apple in a bushel can ruin the whole bunch? Mm -hmm. All it takes is for one apple to be bruised mm -hmm. to ruin the entire to ruin the entire bucket of them. You're all apples. Just what kind of apple are you going to be? Because if you notice, you notice um, something, and, and this I don't mean to get onto this, and whatever your viewpoint is, you know I, that's that's okay. But it, it reminds me of um, you hear a lot of people talking about vaccination. Right? A lot of people talking about vaccinations. You may be for vaccinations, you may be against them. But one thing I, uh, I was reading up on about vaccinations is something I believe is called uh, horde vaccination. Have you heard of that? Horde vaccination? And the theory behind that is, is that if you are unvaccinated, but you dwell amongst people who are, you won't have to be. You ever heard about that? If you are, the theory is if, you, if, if, if there's a hundred people in the room and they are all vaccinated and one person is not, that the theory is you can be amongst those people and be fine because their immune systems won't bring in those diseases that you have to be so worried about. That's not the case as a Christian. Because all it takes is for that one person to make everyone else sick. You don't believe me? We talked about Achan in the Bible. Yeah. And Achan was one bad apple yep. and a whole field full of trees. And he caused death for multiple people. He caused loss of victory. He caused loss of life. And we have to make sure that we understand that if there are people in Orlando Baptist Temple that are not living, right? And I'm not saying that just because you're struggling with things makes you a wolf. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you got to be careful that you don't become a hindrance more than you are supposed to be a help. It's important to realize it. Their countenance. Don't be a counterfeit Christian. The best way is to spot that fake. you got to be careful with that. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, is what the Bible says. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So number one, you'll know them by the fact that they are counterfeit. Number two, you'll notice that by, the, by their countenance. Number three, you'll notice by their consistency. 
You'll notice by their consistency. Look at verse 18. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Now listen, I am so glad that, that as I said earlier, that God is in the nature-changing business. I'm so glad about that. But you have to be careful because some trees never change their leaves. Some trees never change their leaves. You will reap what you sow. And wolves have a tendency to stay the same. They keep, beware of people who do good things and then flip around and do bad things. I'm not saying people don't struggle. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is someone whose consistency has a tendency, has a tendency to waver often. And sometimes you'll see them doing great things. And then sometimes like, ah, oh, what are you doing? You see people that's on that double-minded state? Those are very dangerous people to be around. You have to make sure, listen to me. When I... When I decided as a teenager to take Christ seriously, my company changed. My company changed. The one girl in the youth department we used to make fun of for being a goody two-shoes and being holier than thou became my best friend. Why? Because when I finally stopped fooling around and realized that I, that I need to take Christ seriously, the person that I looked to that said, wow, she is the most consistent. I want to be her friend because she's going to help me to grow as the person that I desired to be around. And let me let you know this, church. Ten years later, now that I'm 27, I am still trying to find good, godly people to keep myself around. There's nothing changed. Why? Because, let me let you know this, it is a lopsided battle. What does the Bible say? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so if you allow yourself to consistently be riding the fence as a Christian, you're going to find yourself choosing the world more than Christ, more often than not. You're going to find yourself choosing the world more than Christ more often than not. And you have to be careful. You can spot them by their inconsistency. I'm not saying you shouldn't give someone a chance. And of course, there are variables. What if they're a new Christian? What if they've only been around a short time and they need people to help them grow? That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about well-seasoned people who have been around the block more times that should know better, that should be able to handle the beat of the word, and they're not milk of the word. Listen to me. And people have been around a long time, and they are not changing. That is not someone that I want to be around. And I really pray that that person is not me. I really pray that that person is not you. We need to all make sure that we are doing some self-scrutinization and saying, Lord, Am I, am, am I a hindrance to, to the work? Or am I helping you? What are the areas in my life that I can work on and that I can grow in that will help me to be more of an asset to the faith? To be a blessing to others. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but does your walk talk like your talk talks? You can, you can talk good all you want, but are your actions backing that up? We have to develop a, a spirit of consistency. Don't be someone that switches it up all the time. I really hope that what you see in me is what you get. I strive to be that way. I talk to my wife about that all the time. That's one of my biggest things. I want to make sure that the way that I am at home is the way that I am at church and vice versa. Because there are so many people that are looking, that will be looking on and, and, and will see that and will notice that. The people who are looking up to you right now, whether you're a brother or sister or whether you're a parent, you have to make sure that you understand that people are looking at you and the way that you carry yourself as a Christian will reflect the way that they live their lives as one also. We have to make sure that we understand that you can spot wolves by their consistency. Good fruit don't produce bad, good trees don't produce bad fruit. 
That's the truth of it. Good trees do not produce bad fruit. Our church needs people. Our church needs trees that are producing good fruit. And can I say this? Not picking a side is choosing a side. Yeah. Not picking a side is choosing a side. If you're just living and trying to coast through your faith, you've picked a side. You've picked what kind of tree you're going to breathe. Because let me tell you this, if you're not helping, you're hurting. I say it again, you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. I, reading that passage, it didn't say that if the salt lost its savor, we can keep it around a little while. We can mix it in with some other salt. If the salt's not doing what the salt's supposed to be doing, we're casting that salt out. What does the Bible say? I wish that thou wert hot, I wish that you were cold, but because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. We have to make sure we understand that we have to maintain a level of consistency. So number one, how do you spot the wolves? Number one, by the fact that they are counterfeit. Number two, by their countenance. Number three, by their consistency. Number four, by their looming condemnation. Their looming condemnation. Look at verse 19. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Whereby, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Do you guys see a biblical consistency happening here? We just got done talking about the salt. And if the salt is not salted, what's happening with it? It's cast out, right? And tried it under the foot of men, right? But what about the trees? Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. God is so adamant in making sure that we know that there is one kind of expectation that he has for us. And that's for us to do what we're supposed to do as Christians. To be salt. Did you know that getting saved and spreading the gospel? Getting saved, loving your neighbor, and spreading the gospel are the top three things that you're supposed to be doing. Everything else is secondary. Everything else. Everything else comes secondary to the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Christ and his kingdom come first. Everything else is secondary. Hey, on Wednesday night, we're going to be looking at the, the last section of John chapter 1. And in this, and we're going to see when God begins to call his disciples, Jesus begins to cause, call his disciples for the first time. And when he tells them, no, come follow me. Leave that. Follow me. Leave that. Follow me. Why? Because he wants them to know. He wants us to know that he is most important. He is chief in these things. He is supposed to have the preeminence. And we have to make sure that we understand that too. Just like how the salt is cast down, the tree is cast down also. So if there's anyone in the room that's not producing good fruit, let me talk to you for a second. You're not producing good fruit. I'm not calling you a wolf. That's not what I'm saying. Watch out for the people who are already living and abiding in those things. But as far as you, to make sure that you're not that, make sure that you understand some things. Understand that you'll have to answer to God for sowing discord. You'll answer to God for the way that you conduct yourself as a child of God. And the way that you've lived your life. And the kind of fruit that you produced. You will have to answer to God for sowing discord. You'll have to answer to God for causing strife. You have to answer to God because we, we don't, if we don't help the work, we're hindering it. 
And we have to make sure that we do a good job of making sure that we are not causing strife. You'll have to answer to God for hindering the work of God. For hindering the work of God. You know, sometimes the work not being done in ourselves, sometimes is only blocked by ourselves. You know that sometimes you're in your own way. We got to be careful about that. And don't be that person. Watch out for those people. So really quickly, how do you combat them? How do you combat the wolves? Avoid the wolves. Avoid becoming one. Let's look at Psalm 1 really quickly and then we'll be done today. Look at Psalm chapter 1. Many people can probably quote Psalm chapter 1 from memory. It's a very great psalm. But if you want to learn what to do, how, what, what are some things that I need in order to avoid the wolves and avoid becoming one? Let me share some things with you from Psalm chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Number one, walk in godly counsel. Walk in godly counsel. You surround yourself with as many people who are trying to grow and become like Christ as you can. You watch your company. And if it's not people, if it's people that are walking in the counsel of the ungodly, you got to make sure that you watch it. Because pretty soon, you become that counsel of the ungodly that is being admonished against. Walk in the counsel of, walk in godly counsel. What does it say next? Nor standeth in the way of the sinners. Number two, stand in the way of saints. Stand in the way of saints. Pastor, what does that mean? Put yourself, what does that stand in the way of sinners? That means that these are people that put themselves in the way to be enticed by these people. They're in the path. They're, they're, they're blockade. And when they, and they meet, they put themselves in a position to be tempted or to be enticed to doing wrong things. Instead of standing in the way of sinners, stand in the way of saints. Put yourself in a way that in a place where you can be used, where you can grow, where you can be edified, where you can be encouraged, where you can draw closer to Christ. Put yourself in a place that if you're going to be swayed, at least be swayed to, for good. Be swayed to, be, to, to draw closer to the Lord. So it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Number three, don't sit with the scorners, sit with the edified. Don't sit with the scorners. Sit with the edifiers. Sit with the edifiers. Get with, don't be getting around. Listen to me. If there's people that you come around and all they're doing is grabbing and complaining, get up. And bring your tray and go sit with somebody else. Because that's not going to make you better. And what it's going to do is going to create a level of skepticism in you that is going to learn to find the bad in everything. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You're not going to be okay with any of the leadership in your life. You're not going to be okay with the way that your church is run. You're not going to be okay with the ministries that your church has to offer. You're going to think that everything that's done is wrong. Why? Because you've been hanging out with a bunch of people that all they do is scoff at things. And find the bad in things. And, and get to a place where they can just complain about all the stuff. But you're never going to be happy. And eventually it's going to pull you out of church. <clears throat> and those people that, that ruined you now accomplish their purpose. They damage the body of Christ if you let them. Be careful about that. 
Number, look at verse 2. We're almost done. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Number 4, meditate on the word and not on drama. Amen. Church, meditate on the word and not on drama. Ooh, did you hear about so-and-so? Well, praise God. It'll be all right. God will take care. Learn to, learn to be dismissive of things like that. When people come to you complaining or, or, or griping about some things. <laughs> come here, Abby. <laughs> Abby comes to me. This is the best way to get people to stop coming to you with all their mess. Abby comes to me. Abby. Do Brother it. Jonathan talks too much. <gasps> really? <laughs> you think so? What do you do? He just talks too much. All right, well, let's go talk to Brother Jonathan about this issue that you have with her. <laughs> and what's going to happen? A lot of people are going to be like, ah, no. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead and just, you know, that's all right. Never, never mind. And then thank you. And what they'll do is they'll stop coming to you when you start making that your, well, you don't like that? Well, you know what? Let's go make a meeting with Pastor and we'll talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. Oh. You're going to find out that a lot of those people, listen to me, and that lets you know right then what kind of person that is. Because they'll either go with you to go get that, that, that thing situated, or they'll say, oh, no, maybe another time. Yeah. <laughs> they have, listen to me, wolves have no intention of fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. They just want to devour. Right. Yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah, and look, there have been people that have had things, and there are people who've come to me, like, maybe like our preaching, our preaching too fast. You know what I'm saying? Or, or certain things. You know what have happened? There have been people who have come to me or come to pastor about different things, the way that we run stuff, and they have a voice, what the things that maybe bothered them or didn't understand why that happened. And guess what? We were able to come to a solution. You know what we have? You know what we have the word, uh, the scriptures on the screen and stuff like that? Because someone came to us one time and said that we should do that. Because it's going to help us help people to be able to do that, especially some who don't bring their Bible. Some who they can't see well enough to read their Bibles in front of them and the words are large enough on the screen for them to see. They bring suggestions instead of complaining. Man, why don't, the, why don't this church ever, why don't they ever use the screen? Why can't they just put the words in the, on, on, the, on there? Why can't they just, they came to us and voiced their concern. Some that we were able to accommodate and some we said, no, we believe God wants us to leave it like this. And it was fine. But well, don't just sit there and complain and cross your arms and get mad and just start complaining to everyone about everything. Yeah. Do something about it. Let's go talk to the pastor and see what we can do about it. And if they choose to go or not, you now know if you need to be friends with them or not. And lastly, look at verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. <coughs> shall not wither. I lost my spot. Okay. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord know the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Number 5. And lastly, simply, don't hang out with dead trees. That's good. Don't hang out with dead trees. Spend time by the river. Spend time with, by the river. At the, end of the, at the end of that psalm, it didn't just say that there'll be trees planted. 
but they're planted by the water. Why are they planted by the water? Because usually the soil there is going to be a lot more, you know, rich. They're going to be able to get the nutrients that they need. And so if I see somebody that's growing and it seems they seem to be, you know, in, in a place where they're just growing in leaps and bounds, I want to be able to be around that person, around those people. Why? Because dead things promote dead things. Remember those, remember those, those demon-possessed guys in, in Matthew chapter 5? Who knows where those demon-possessed guys were hanging out? Graveyards. Graveyards. Around the dead stuff. Where there was no life. There was not going to be any answers. There was not going to be any growth or development. They were going to be among the dead stuff until they were dead themselves. Don't be that. Don't be that. You know you can help the wolves. You can, be in, you can be at a place in your life where you can try and be a light to people who seem to be lightless. And if you see that it begins to wear on your spirit, there are some people that just weigh on my spirit. You ever had that happen to you? They just weigh on your spirit, you gotta just remove yourself. But if you're able to dwell among people who scoff and are full of disdain and discord and all those other things, you might want to check your chops. Check the length of your canines because if you're comfortable running with people who are comfortable running things into the ground, that says a lot about who you are. And so our church right now is absolutely fantastic. It's sweet. We have a gorgeous foundation and I love it. It's sweet. It's, it's inviting. And that's, and that's evident. And if you may not notice it, but we've had a lot of visitors lately. Anyone notice that? Almost every service. Past few weeks or so. <coughs> There's no room for growth if everything is dead. We have to make sure that we keep it that way. And furthermore, uh, honestly, if there's anything that ever happens, anything's wrong, if there's a problem or something, please feel free to talk to me. Feel, please feel free to come see me in my office or give me a phone call. If you have a question about something, you don't understand why we're doing something or why something's happened, talk to me. Talk to the staff. We'll, we're open. There's nothing to hide. I told you before when, before, when I came here, uh, when I was still candidating, I told you guys, I, I want to be transparent. I want to be open. It's our church, not mine. It's our church. We're going to grow it together. And that, that means that we're going to have to dwell in a position of unity. Because if not, we are not going to grow. Today we're just doing some checking for cheap. I hope that they are found in your mouth. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son.